0: Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane Sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go, Canes.
1: And welcome to the Six Rings Canes pregame show. Joined here by Vish and Danny Gillette. Uh, fellas, it is uh, game week. As you see, we are all in our houses. Um, uh, This is pre recorded. So if uh, TVD comes down with like food poisoning or something tomorrow or the next day, yeah, you can't blame it on us for not covering it or not saying anything. All right. But we've got a lot of news either way because I think uh, we've got a lot to cover today um, as we uh, preview once again the, um, the uh, Hurricanes versus uh, University of North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, which is scheduled to start at 4 p.m. Uh, barring a lightning delay or something stupid like that, hopefully we don't get any of that. Although I would welcome, by the way, Vish, since we we are going to be at the game, I would welcome a little bit of overcast because no matter what, I know the season's kind of changing, but down here really doesn't change much. It's still hot as hell. Mm. We're 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 going to be off of a five k and a ten k run. You know, a little overcast would really help us.
0: Well, I mean, come on, you got sacrifice for the team. <laughs> We want yeah. we want we want 150% humidity. Yeah. Heat. I'm gonna give if you if I die, I die, but we gotta get that W.
1: Speak for yourself. All right. Speak yeah, for not yourself. Serious, <laughs> we're on yeah, the yeah, shaded side of the stadium. We're good. This is true. This is true. Yeah, we're good. DJ's probably got
2: the best seat in the house, though, right? Right there from the living room, man. I got no 5Ks to worry about. I can eat whatever the hell I want. I can have <laughs> 10 beers and then I can drink to my heart's content watching the hurricanes. I don't have uh, to uh, worry about it.
0: Uh, Believe me, after that runs over the
2: ten yeah. beers will be as an underestimate.
1: Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some uh some lowering of the faculties if and universities. You know. so,
2: That's for sure. Sounds <laughs> like a lot of fun though Saturday. So
1: yeah, it should should be a good one. Should be fun. Um, yeah, we'll be out there tailgating uh, a big game. It's a it's an ACC opener. Okay, against a tough uh tough University of North Carolina. You know, and I, I think it doesn't even matter if North Carolina is good or not. Like, they always are tough. They always play us tough. We always have a hard time in North Carolina. They've kicked our butt a couple years ago. They really kicked our butt. Last year, we we probably should have won the game, but we were coached by, by somebody else. So, um, you know, we, we, whose, name, whose name we shall not we shall not say. Uh, we were coached by Voldemort. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, on, honestly speaking, I think this is an opportunity for us uh, coming off a of bye week and a really terrible game to kind of show a little bit of that. You know uh, that a little bounce back, right? That a little more energy, some, something to kind of we we got a lot to prove, we really do. Uh, I, I know that Vish, we're looking. You know, we look ahead into the. You know, we look into the future as well, right? Like this, this game is not going to. You know, is not going to be the be all end all of the Mario Cristobal era. We get that, but a good showing, a, a win, obviously. You know, some sort of energy, some sort of life from this Miami Hurricane football team come this Saturday. Would really do a lot for this program, I think. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, no, this is one of those, you know, season-defining games. Either, and I don't, I don't think it's era-defining. I know everyone wants to judge Mario off of like his first handful of games. That he's he's not going anywhere. First of all, obviously, so you know, he's in here for the long haul. So I, I I think people want to judge his entire tenure based on it, but certainly this season. This is a pivot game. Like if you lose this, you go two and three. You're probably pretty much out of the coast at that point, right? Because you've already lost a home division game to one of the teams that's going to be competing with you for it. So then you got seven games left, and you know, you still got to go to Clemson. Uh, so you can quickly see how this season could spiral out of control. Um, but if you win it, now you're one and 0 in conference, playing Virginia Tech next week, who is not good and all of a sudden you can start to see okay might string some wins together here get a winning streak going and you know compete for the ACC Coastal. So this is a huge game and here's here's a nugget for you guys. We're the only P5 team that has not played a conference game.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was I That's was thinking crazy. about that. I was like I've seen so many different power 5 or conference games already from excuse me from all the conferences and I'm like I feel like we – are we the only ones that haven't played? Yeah, we're like... the
0: only P5. There's a couple of other teams that are G5 that haven't played a conference game, but right. we're the only P5 one. And so that – you know, that's good and bad. It's it's yeah. good that even though we haven't really played well, like we're still right there <laughs> for the conference because we haven't lost a conference game. <laughs> On the other hand, eight conference games in a row is a tough run, so we got to start it off right.
1: Yep. I mean, uh, you know, we've kind of seen that the, the ACC – might not be as strong as we initially thought, uh, you know, but still some good teams, still some good football to be played there. DJ, what what I would say,
0: out? just on that real quick, and then we'll throw it to DJ, I would say the Atlantic is probably stronger than right. I thought, and the coastal is not yeah. as
1: strong. Right. It's probably right. where it landed. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, but still some tough football to be played on, on our end, on our side also, DJ. Uh how big is um, you know, how big is it to get a win? Um and ACC play, obviously the opener, coming off two weeks, you know, uh, I'm sorry, oh, a, a, a bye, and then and two weeks ago, a terrible loss, and um, and just kind of like everybody's morale kind of looked like it was down a little bit. Like the bounce back game, how important is it?
2: It's huge because you know we've talked about the Middle Tennessee State game for what seems like forever now, but now this is a chance for Miami to really turn the page against a very good opponent, and you know, kind of put some of the um, doubters to bed some of the critics to bed and you know i think it would be very important for them to really get a bounce back win here um you know i think it's kind of interesting that you guys mentioned like you said haven't played a conference game yet i think that certainly works in our benefit in terms of getting the team ready obviously you would have liked to have seen a better showing against against middle tennessee state but you know now we get a conference game heading into the bye. Granted, not an easy matchup at all, but this is certainly this is certainly an important one, as as you guys alluded to. Yeah, um, look for me.
1: It's it's about coming out, and we've noticed right the last the last two games, uh, more 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 like the last game, and then before that, you know, the Southern Miss game. We come out a little flat. We come out a little uh blah and, and we've seen that it's 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 kind of backfired a little bit right so we've we've kind of let up uh whether it's that we are you know uh, not respecting the team you know on the other side of the field or if it's just a lack of whatever the hell it is right i think that that's going to be the most important thing is i want to see this football team come out with some energy come out and kick unc in the mouth um because they're going to have to this is a tough football team to play especially on that offensive side of the football where they are very, very, very scary. Um, they uh, are probably one of the top scoring teams in the country right now. So it's going to be important to kind of get out fast and uh, get that crowd into it, right? Because I, I, you know, a lot of people think there's going to be eight thousand people there. I think you're going to get a good crowd. Um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of people that are still, you know, backing uh, Mario Cristobal this football program, and I, st- I think you're going to get, you know, some people out there to really. Um, you know, get this thing going.
0: Plus, it is—I mean, it is a giant party, right? That's what it is.
1: tailgates it, are,
0: and we coming off a bye week, so it's been two. We tend to get lower tenants when we have like strings of home games in a row, right? Um, but once you have a a bye week, there it does reset a little bit. So I would expect a good crowd out there.
1: Oh yeah, I would too. I would definitely too. So so let's kind of look at um, UNC real quick before we uh, break down. Uh, the the actual matchup per se, but this is a team. I think I believe a four and one, right, Vish? Uh, this is their record? They're four and one right now. Um, yeah, and the and the
0: losses you can kind you of see the schedule uh, was to, to. There's your schedule, so was yep. to uh, to Notre Dame.
1: Loss was to Notre Dame. Uh, kind of a shootout there too, right? They put up some points there, but their their wins again. Look, and that's another thing, right? Their wins haven't come against like. You know, big time power five teams, right? The only win really was against Virginia Tech, which is in conference. Virginia Tech, as you mentioned, Vish, not a great team. I mean, Appalachian T- State. What? A, I mean, that was crazy, right? That game was nuts. That, that, that game was nuts. We've seen that Appalachian State is okay. Then you saw them lose to Troy. Oh well, they almost lost to Troy. Actually, they won on Hail Mary. I forgot about that. Um, but App State is again, it's a G five school. Right, it's a group of five school. They're actually new to the to to FBS. So like Georgia Georgia State, not a big time school either, not a big time program. Florida AM and actually hung and around was, with them. Georgia State
0: did. was also they had to make a comeback and they won they the, in the fourth quarter.
1: So you're right, you're right. So I mean, look, and the only team they lost to was the Notre Dame team, who actually is not great either.
0: Yeah, I mean Notre Dame lost to Marshall. If you want to say like, how could you lose to Middle Tennessee and then? beaten with Carolina. Well, Notre Dame lost to Marshall and then beaten with Carolina, so there you go.
1: Yep, so so I mean, this is, I mean, 4-1, there's good 4-1s, there's mediocre 4-1s, there's bad 4-1s. This is kind of your mediocre 4-1, yeah. you know? Uh, not a terrible schedule, but not an incredibly hard schedule. Them, like us, are going to run through ACC play all the way down now as, as well, so after us, they play Duke, who's actually really good this year. I don't know what the hell's going on over there in in, uh, in Duke, but Duke is pretty good. Pittsburgh is going to be tough. Um, I know that they're kind of down right now because they, they lost one. but Inexplicably um, Virginia, lost yeah, to Georgia Tech. Just Georgia Tech. I don't, I don't know how, how that happened. But uh, Virginia is tough because they've got a good quarterback. They've got some good receivers as well. Uh, so Wake Forest, of course, probably the second best team, I would say, in the ACC right now behind Clemson. Uh, so you've got them, you've got Georgia tech, who's not that good. And then you've got, as you say, that's a tough schedule for them. It is.
0: And that's why, like, that's why if you can win this game, right. I mean, it's hard to see them not losing at least two more and it puts you in, like, we might not be that good, but this could be one of those six and two, five and three in conference deals. Yep. And, can, and, can it win the, <laughs> and it gets can, you to, get, right. Yeah. And you know, the tiebreakers matter then, which is why this game is massive. I can't overstate how big this game is.
1: Yep. I agree. I agree. Um we're actually gonna pull up here the so what I want to talk about with you guys um, first and foremost is you know, this quarterback <laughs> for University of North Carolina, Drake May, who by the way, his his brother Luke May Hit plays the on, the bas- shot. Uh, yeah, on the basketball. Yeah, plays <laughs> on the basketball team for UNC. Um, he was a power forward for UNC, or is a power forward. I'm not even sure if he's still there or not. But um,
2: he's not still there. But his not, claim okay. to fame is he hit the game-winning shot in the national championship game. I believe it was 2018. I want to say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hell of a player, by the way. So,
1: yeah. uh, Drake may kind of build like his brother too, man. He's six, 230, 240 pounds. He's a big dude. He kind of reminds you of the, the build, the build. He kind of reminds you of like that Josh Allen build. He's a big guy, big, strong guy with a strong arm. Uh, and they've got, you know, some really, some really, really good playmakers. The one thing that they don't do great, <laughs> believe it or not, is actually run the ball. Right? So we all, we saw a couple years ago, how well they ran the ball. Now they run the ball. They're okay. They're okay. They run the ball okay, Uh, but it's It's obviously their air raid attack is 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 strong.
0: You got to play the long game. We wore them out two years ago. They're ripe now. They're still they're still tired from running all those yards, man. Hundred yard (laughs) wind sprints are exhausting. The eighth or ninth time you run down the field untouched, you know that (laughs) that I get tiring. So you know, hopefully we can take advantage.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, their second leading rusher, who's not far off, not far off, Omari and Hampton, is Drake May.
0: Yeah, and that's actually my bigger concern with him than the throwing. He's so good with his feet. He keeps plays alive. He picks up big first downs for them. He's a critical component for their running game, and we have not been good against running quarterbacks.
1: Well, let me tell you something, though. His throwing scares me, too,
2: DJ. 19 touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, um, you know, his, his running does scare me, but I'd rather him run for 100 than have him sit back in the pocket and just absolutely tear apart the Miami secondary cuz looking at that secondary during the Middle Tennessee State game like him throwing the football absolutely frightens me. I'd rather give him the running lanes than to have him just completely like pick and choose which receiver he wants to throw to or which tight end he wants to throw to. He scares the crap out of me, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, he's got a great arm, I mean, and you know, we kept talking about Josh Downs possibly being a first round pick, uh second round pick. You know, something along those lines. Bryson Nesbitt is balling for for UNC as well. 14 receptions, 237 yards, three touchdowns. So those two guys there on the receiving end um, for, for Drake May are pretty damn good. They're no slouches. So I think that that's the thing that worries me the most is how that secondary is going to hold up for miami Vish.
0: Yeah, and, and to me it's just got to limit the big plays, make them drive the ball. They're used to being shootouts. They're used to scoring a lot. So, if you can, you know, keep them out of just scoring quickly, keep the score down. A lot of this is going to be on our offense to, to frankly, play the way they've been playing, go on some long drives um, to just get them out of their rhythm. Because I think if you let them, if you if you let them stay in a rim, they'll score a lot, um, and and they'll kind of get into that. They're obviously comfortable in those shows. You look at that. We looked at the schedule a second ago. Look at those score totals. They're totally fine playing a game in the forties. Right. Um, so so to me, that's that's our big thing is is not let them get big plays, make them drive it. You know, even if they score a touchdown, make them earn it. Don't just give up big chunk plays. Because I guess the good news is their defense sucks. So um they have one of the worst defenses in the country. So I know there's been a lot of focus on our on our offensive struggles. This is a get healthy game. If we can't do it here then then we really have a problem offensively. The defense has not been good. But they'll go back to the schedule. We can take a look real quick. You'll see kind of the point totals they're giving up, even against like Florida A&M. Um, they've, they've been given up 24 to Florida A&M, 61 to App State, 28 to Georgia State, 45 to, to Notre Dame. The only time they played even reasonably well was against Virginia Tech, which we've discussed, is right. really struggling now. So they're, they'll give you points.
2: Looks more so, like the basketball
0: scores than a football game. It is yeah, a basketball score. Consistent. but um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's the key is going to be for our – what we don't want to do, though, is have our offense get into a shootout where we're trying to, like, match them touchdown for touchdown. Right. Because if, if you have to bet on which offense is going to fail at that first, it's probably us. But if we can grind first downs out, go on some lawn drives, keep them off the field, their defense is there for the taking. Like, if we can keep the score in the 30s, 20s or 30s, I think that's good for us. If it goes into the 40s. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time,
1: and if you love the filet
0: of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba 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 ba.
1: So let's kind of go over this, right? We we spoke a little bit about the Tar Heel defense, how they're not very good. Okay, uh, they do have a tendency of giving up some points. Here's a question I pose for both of you, right? Uh, when it comes to our offense, obviously we have not been doing too well on the offensive side of the ball. We have struggled a bit uh, with scoring points, especially in in the red zone. Uh, We haven't been very good at all. Um, And I think that's a combination of both things, right? We've got to figure it out from a play play calling uh, standpoint, but also I think we need to start having some of these players step up and make some plays in the red zone as well. Execution is very important. Um, I do expect Tyler Van Dyke to come out and play much better this weekend. Uh, my question to, to both of you is Are we better off? Okay. Are we better off keeping this game under the four, you know, below the 40s, you know, kind of making it a time of possession type of thing where we can kind of run the ball a lot, uh, spread the ball around here and there, kind of get the wide receivers going a little bit, but not try to shoot out with them, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, they've got this potent offense. DJ, I want to start off with you on this. What's it going to take for Miami? You know, do, do you think that they should kind of you know try to score as much as they can and just go at it and boom 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 back and forth back and forth or this is, or is this an opportunity for them to kind of you know control the clock a little bit, wear them down and keep the, keep the score under you know the, the line
2: under 80 put it that way? I think this is an opportunity for them to kind of slow everything down because I do not want to get into a track beat with the type of offense and the type of quarterback in Drake May that the Tar Heels have, Um, you know, I think. um, It's not necessarily going to be about, you know, stopping their offense, but keeping our defense fresh. And I think, you know, having long sustained drives on the offensive side of the football for us would definitely make things easier for the defense in that regard. Um, You know, we know this is a UNC team that can score And I'd rather us take methodical drives in order to make sure that we can score points of our own. I mean, play calling in the red zone and red zone scoring has been, you know, a bone of contention so far this year. I want to make sure that we can, you know, put together long, sustained drives and get the points that we need because we know that UNC can score. It's just going to be about us trying to, like, control the game and keep track of, you know, try to keep up with what the Tar Heels can bring to the table.
1: You know, Vince. While I do want to see them kind of control the clock, uh, run the football, dominate this game that way, score some points, obviously, and and not go and get into a shootout. I think it's really important for this office to get it going, also, and score points, right? And and kind of get the ball rolling there. How, what's your take on what this offense, what this team needs to do, period, to to kind of beat UNC? Yeah,
0: well, I, I I think they need to just come out well, whether. DJ DJ's right, like you gotta score touchdowns. This is not a game you're gonna win with field goals. Yeah. But even just like coming out in the first drive and getting a field goal, I think would be a step in the right direction. Like they gotta move the ball. Last last game was a complete disaster. No turnovers yeah, early. Three turnovers in the first three drives. Like you need the opposite of that. Basically I, I do like I think we're on the same page. You know, they're gonna want to play some ball control and all that, but I still think they need to start fast. Because this is definitely like we don't want whether they want to admit it or not, it's in their heads. If it starts well, you can kind of flush that. If it starts bad, there is gonna be a here we go again thing happening. And so they do need to start well. Like getting a couple of drives in the first quarter, touchdowns, field goals, whatever, just feeling good about the ball moving. I think then I think you can carry that forward. But if they start slow, I don't know if they'll be able to unstick it. So they, they
1: gotta start fast. No. Here's here's the good news, right? The good news is um, on, on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Tyreek Stevenson and Darrell Porter are both going to be, um, you know, they're, they're both playing, okay? So they're both active for the game, uh, which is nice to see. Both uh, had some some injuries a couple weeks ago. And then on the other side of the ball, the most important position right now that we are very thin at, Jalen Knighton uh, and Henry Parrish are both active for the game as well. So they both will be playing. Uh, Zion Nelson, uh, from what Coach Christopher said, is a game-time decision. So you've got everybody back from, Two weeks ago, I don't know how good or bad that is, considering how how crazy you know how crazy it was. But you know, when you've got your number one back and or your number one 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 A and one B uh, backs back for this game, I think it is going to be important for just that, right? Control the time, control the clock, uh, be able to use them out of the backfield, which Gattis needs to start doing. I know that he's not huge and throwing the ball out of the backfield to his to his running backs, as you mentioned. I think DJ. But he's gonna to have to start doing. He's got to use his weapons accordingly, man. You got to use them and put them out in space and let them make some plays out there. Specifically, Rooster, I think he's the best guy, pass catching, uh, running back. We have you got to use him that way. You got to get him in open space, um, and we've got to be able to score some touchdowns. Um, so that's the good news, right? They they all will be back. The bad news is, it looks like I believe we're gonna be without the services of Elijah Royal. So uh, another opportunity. For Will Mallory to step up and to play the way we all think that he's capable of playing, you are going to see some Jaleel Skinner, which I'm excited about also because he's shown some flashes that he can uh, he can go out there he can compete. So this offense pretty much has all their weapons, right? Because I, I love Elijah Royal, but he hasn't been really – used the way he's should have been used so far so i'm not going to count him as a weapon yet until they start to use him more and god knows when that's going to be now so we won't speculate on how long he's out but um you know this is an opportunity for will mallory to again step up his game you know a lot of there's a lot of talk about how he's just uh underachieved i guess is the right word so um for me it's going to be important for those guys to step up how important is it to have Henry Parish and Jalen Knight in back. Bish.
0: it's huge, and and I'm a big Thad Franklin fan, but he's such a different back, and it's kind of like if you have a pitcher, you know, and he's only got one pitch. Now we have multiple pitches, like we, all we were going to be able to do is throw the fastball. <laughs> like yeah. if we just had Franklin, right, we couldn't. Now we can. Now we can throw a changeup. We can throw a curveball. So just the diversity of the offense. Not to mention those are two of our most talented players. So it's huge to have them back. Without them, I. I know we've run the ball well, and I know North Carolina's defense isn't good, but just bad over and over again, I don't know would have been effective. They would have been able to crowd the boss. He doesn't necessarily have that home run ability, and I, and I think they would have known we're pretty much going to be w- between the tackles and not take anything outside, and I think it would have allowed them to really to crowd. Um, so that's huge. On Mallory, I so he's definitely not he's, – he's definitely struggled some. He hasn't played up to his ability. I feel like he's getting an undue – amount of blame just because no one else is doing anything and they're like well you're supposed to be great why aren't you just making up for all these other errors because i mean against a and m he was our best offensive player by a mile and even probably got knocked down probably shouldn't have gone back in the game to be honest but kept playing kept making plays um so i but you know we when you're not getting any plays out of any of the other positions and you you turn to him and he's not playing as well as he should be so i'm not trying to say he is but we're also kind of expecting him. You should be the passing game. Do it all by yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that's unrealistic. Um, so we need other guys to step up too, because your tight end is more effective when they got to worry about your receivers. So I think it's going to be a group effort to step up. And when he gets the, when the ball gets, he's got to catch the ball. He's got to block better, like hundred percent. But we need other guys on the edge to step up too to give him more space to do that.
2: Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah, his statistics, you know, they're not bad. Like like his statistics um, so far this season, let's see, he has 12 catches for 127 yards, but he managed to really make an impact, like Fish said, I think it was in the fourth quarter of the Texas A&M game. I mean, he is getting, you know, his targets, and he has come up, you know, pretty good in big moments. I just think that, you know, he's kind of just – not been the explosive player that we thought he could be that's not to say he's not producing he is but you know i just think that you know kind of like this said i guess when you have basically you know 80 percent of the offense not performing and he's the only one that is you know he's gonna get some criticism thrown his way and i think it's kind of un- i think it's kind of unfair right now we'll see how the rest of the season goes but to me, he's not my biggest complaint on offense.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Before we we get things going here, I got a couple more things that we want to go over. Number one, uh, actually, before we get into key players, players to watch, and and then the keys to the game, uh, this is also a big recruiting weekend for the Hurricanes as well. Uh, They've got some big-time recruits coming in to to visit and some secret ones as well that, you know, some secret visitors that obviously – are going to be in as well that we won't, we won't name, but uh, uh, I think it's going to be exciting, right? You've got some of the big time guys. You've got Francis uh, Goa going to show up here to support his games. You know, he's all hurricane. Uh, you've got the edge. You've got Jaden Wayne, um, who's also going to be down here, Riley Williams. So the whole IMG crew is going to be here. Uh, Nathaniel Ray, Ray Joseph, who was on the show um, a couple months ago. He, he will be down uh, to watch the game. Ruben Bain, who I think, it's safe to say that he is, for me, he's the number one priority for this Miami Hurricanes team. We got to get Ruben Bain uh, on to, to 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 Coral Gables. So Ruben Bain will be there as well. Four-star offensive line commit Antonio Tripp, uh, who's also an IMG guy, just transferred down here from Maryland, uh, from your neck of the woods, Vish. Um, offensive lineman Frankie Tinelao, one of our favorite uh, guys. We love that guy. Uh, we had him on the show as well. He's going to be out there. I think you've got some big-time 2024 kids that are going to be in the stands as well. Uh, you've got five-star defense lineman David Stone. You've got five-star cornerback who's a huge, huge priority for this Miami Hurricane team. Desmond Ricks, cornerback, uh, is going to be out there as well. I believe he plays for American Heritage, if I'm not mistaken. You've also got another five-star defense lineman, Justin Scott, um, who's going to be out there as well. Uh, another big-time uh, top 247 edge guy, Ernest Willer. Uh, let's see who else is there. Ernest Willer. Uh, you've got another another edge guy, Booker Pickett Jr., and another interior offensive lineman who's another four-star guy, Eddie Pierre-Louis. So um, you've got some big-time names that we know of, right? There's other guys that I know that are going to be there as well. Um, this is an opportunity for Miami to show out, right, to be able to play really well and get these guys going. I know there's some other wide receiver prospects that, uh, you know, a lot of fans are going to be wondering because <laughs> – Quite frankly, obviously, it looks like we're 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 lacking in that position, right? As far as depth and and production, I think that uh, you know getting some some big time wide receivers is going to be huge. I'm sure you'll get some of those guys out there. Aside from Ray Ray-Ray, Ray, Ray Ray is obviously going to be there. So, um, and I'm sure you're going to get guys like the Washington Twins and um, and and all that. But uh, huge huge recruiting opportunity for the Canes to really show out and play really well against North Carolina, um, guys. I think this is going to be important. I know I have a feeling that we might all agree on at least one of the guys, but give me your top three players that are the key, that are going to be a key to success. Actually, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's go top two players, two players on offense and two players on defense that you think are going to play a pivotal role in uh, this weekend's game against UNC. DJ, we'll start with you on that.
2: Tyler Van Dyke and Will Mallory offensively. Soccer, right? (laughs) And then. Corey Flagg and Jafari Harvey defensively because they've been like the top two pass rushers for this Hurricanes team. So they need to continue to, you know, kind of provide that, you know, level of play. I like that. I like that. Vince, who do you got? All right.
0: I'll pick different people since, uh, all right. since yeah, I'll just say the same thing. Obviously, I think Van Dyke is, would be, I think is the one you were talking about. You said we're all going to agree. Yeah, But I'll go with Jalen Knighton he's he showed so took much my other experience. one bro <laughs> you let me go i have to pick
1: somebody else yeah <laughs>
0: you let me go first um so uh, um he's we we just gotta generate big plays and he is a big play maker and he hasn't really done that this year now's the time man uh and then the other one I'm gonna go with Frank Latson I, I think so if you recall the last game unfortunately I do um you know, he really had some rhythm going with TVD. TVD is a guy who's like, when he's comfortable with the receiver, the ball goes to that guy, and it tends to work out well. Um, and he was having that going with Restrepo before he got hurt. And, you know, after after uh, Garcia came in, I don't think Latson even had a target after that. Uh, not that I remember. It was all from TVD. No, I, 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 I think I right. I, I that's a relationship that is developing. And we got if, we, if he can have another big game, you know, we've been saying we need that go-to guy. It could be him. Um, defensively, just I mean, I can just start listing corners, but we'll go DJ Ivy, Al Blades, um, because I'm I'm still comfortable with Stevenson, although he hasn't played well as well or as well as last year, I should say. Um, but I I think you know those secondary guys, because you know we looked at the stats earlier. Uh, May spreads the ball around like he's going to go like you. You're not going to get away with you know. Tyree covering his man and the, the quarterback not being able to get through progression. So I'm going to get those secondary corners, you know, yeah. DJ Ivy, Al Blades to step up and to Corey Couch, you know, whoever's in those positions, because we seem seem to rotate quite a bit, need to step up and, and you know, cover their guys, too, because he'll get through his progressions, get the ball out. And if they get that big plays going out of the
1: passing game, it's going to be a long day for us. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I guess so. I guess on offense I'll go a little bit different as well. So it's not to say, I think we all agree that T V D is, is going to be, <laughs> is it right. It's T V D and then everybody else, but uh, I'll go with a guy who we all thought was going to step up right after X got hurt, man. Brashard Smith. Like I think that he is a guy that uh, we've all anticipated with his skill level to be able to come in right away and contribute and, and, and do some things that, quite frankly, that Rostrebo can't do, right? As far as his speed and elus- elusivity. Is that even a word, Fish? Elusivity? Elusivity? Elusiveness. You know elusiveness. There you go. Elusiveness is better. I mean, that's why I go to you guys for that, man. Um, uh, the, his elusiveness, his speed. You know, he's the type of guy that should be able to come in um, and dominate football games sometimes with how, how, how talented he is. We haven't seen it yet, and we need to start. We saw one really great catch, right, against uh, Southern Miss, was it? Was it against Southern Yeah, it was against Southern Miss, and that's about it. And he disappeared, right? Like, we haven't seen him since then. Um, so I think that Brashard Smith is one of my guys. Um, and uh, since you mentioned since you mentioned uh, Jalen Knighton, I'm going to go with someone a little bit different. I'm going to go with, um, I guess... This is tough. This is tough, but I'm going to go with DJ Scaife. I think that the offensive line, especially on the right side, um, I can go. you can go Scaife or you can go Aloua uh, uh, Sean, right? You can go either one of those guys. But I think that that right side of the offensive line needs to step up a little bit, um, and they need to be able to control that line of scrimmage, okay? Uh, if Henry Parrish, if that, if Rooster want to have a, a good night, uh, they're going to have to step it up over there. So I look for DJ Scaife to have a little bit of a, a breakout game per se, and uh, I really do well on that side, uh, blocking. So uh, those are my two on offense. On defense, this all this hype about Akeem Mesidor and how well he did, you know, in the in the first couple of games. Kind of disappeared, right? I know he sat out one game; was kind of hurt. Uh, didn't really play against MTSU really well either, so he kind of disappeared. I need to see that hype type <laughs> come back again for Akeem Asador. I think that he is um, an important piece to that defensive line, um, and I think that if he comes out and he and he dominates the line of scrimmage a little bit, I think that that's going to be that's going to go really well for that line and for the front seven altogether. Because I think the linebackers are going to need some help, especially if one of them is going to have to spy there. Uh, Drake May, excuse me, not Derek May. Uh, Drake May, if they're going to have to spy him, I think it's going to be important for that defensive line to get some push. Akeem Mezador is the guy for me that I think needs to kind of step up and, and get back to where we thought he was going to be. Um, and then the other guy, which had a really bad game against NTSU, uh, I don't know if it was an effort thing, and I mentioned this before, but I think James Williams needs to step it up, man. Like, we've talked his ear off of how talented he is, how he can play any position on the field, and quite frankly, he's he's kind of – Taking a step back a little bit, the last couple games, and I need to see him step it up again. He needs to be the leader on that on that defense. If he can come out, he can play with, you know, that that mean streak, that that attitude that he has that we've seen in other games. Whether it's a pick, whether it's getting a sack, whether it's a, a tackle for a loss, whether it's good coverage, whatever the case is. I think he needs to come out and he needs to dominate a little bit as well. So my two guys on the defense is Akeem Mezador and James Williams. Um, And then, of course, keys to the game. I think that's going to be uh, pretty obvious on some things, but uh, your keys to the game, Vish, we'll go the other way around. We'll start with you on the keys to the game.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to give you one because I think it's going to decide his turnovers. Um, we need to force turnovers we we have forced one in the last two games and it was off of one of our own turnovers so we gotta force turnovers and not turn the ball over i think we need to win the turnover battle by by two at least two turnovers so if like they have if we have one we need to force three i think that'll that'll be the the difference because we play out a high-powered offense you know they they are taking more risks. You gotta pay. You gotta pay those off. And we've been terrible at taking the ball away the last couple of games, and have been giving it up. So, um, so to me, that's the that is the key to the game. I think if we win the turnover battle, substantively, I think I think we'll win the game.
1: So you're a lot better at those big words than I am. Um, <laughs> DJ, what are your
2: keys? Offensively, drive the ball down the field. Methodically, don't try to get caught up in the speed game. Just try to focus on moving the chains and scoring points, and then defensively, they have to get pressure on Drake May, or else it's going to be a long day. I want to see an improved pass rush on Saturday.
1: Fair enough. For me, it's all about the play of uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke on offense, and the secondary on defense. If those two can um, can hold their own and uh, be productive and execute, it's all about execution for me for, for on both sides of the football. If they can do that and they can contain Drake May as much as possible, they're going to score points. I think we're just going to have to contain them a little bit. Uh, if we can do that and if we can score some points on offense, um, no matter what, I don't care how we do it, let's score some touchdowns. I, don't, I really don't care how it's done. Um, let's just do it. Uh, simple enough, right? I, and I, I know that the keys to the game are pretty easy because we haven't seen much uh, especially the last game, so we need to see more. So it's easy to say we need to see this and that, um, but it's the truth. It is what it is. Do we really want to do predictions? By the way, because I think the last time, the last couple times, it's really backfired on us. And I hate predictions.
0: Yeah, I think keys of the game kind of covered it. We talked yeah. about what needs to happen for the Canes to win. If those things don't happen, you know,
1: they're probably no not going to.
0: So I, I think we we're well
1: uncovered there. I agree. I agree. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, make sure you guys keep a lock for the post game show. We will have a post game show for you after the football game uh, with uh, Larry Bluestein. Should probably be on that. If we don't do anything, we'll let you know. Also, because uh, you know that's what we do. So keep a lock for the uh, on the Six Rings Canes on Twitter uh, for all the live um, updates on the game against UNC, and then of course Monday night, eight uh, thirty p.m. Larry Bluestein, Big Blue, will be back on the show on Monday night. Uh, to talk about the uh, UNC uh, game, and uh, hopefully it's a, it's a W for the Canes as well. Until then, Vish, DJ, this was the Canes, uh, Six Rings Canes pregame show. We'll see you guys later. Go Canes.